from uh, <coughs> from Brazos, uh, Stratplan and APP. Uh, Madam Minister, I know that we have been hard at work, but it is important uh, as the as the leadership uh, to reach this entity accounts that uh, we are able to get a sense as to whether our things in order is an alignment between the work that they are doing and the and the uh, the priorities that you have outlined within the broader uh, seven priorities that the that the government uh, is pursuing uh, and uh, also well captured under the medium-term strategic framework. Uh, we are interested to see as to whether uh, <clears throat> there is a program uh, to create jobs uh, from uh, Brazza's uh, uh, capital program. Uh, we are also mindful of the fact that Brazza uh, as, 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 as an entity uh, falling under the broader public uh, transport uh, remains a key priority uh, in terms of uh, uh, ensuring that uh, it make the, the transport infrastructure competitive and also attractive uh, for investment. Uh, <clears throat> therefore, we'll be uh, looking with the key interest in terms of uh, 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 paying attention to the to the process infrastructure development uh, as an important key to to the uh, uh, contributor to economic growth. So, therefore, uh, <clears throat> it is important that we also uh, acknowledge the the. Uh, the team from the administration that is part of that is part of the of us and the stakeholders, including the the media. Uh, well, those two words, let, let me just check as to whether are there any apologies that we have received from uh, the committee secretary. Uh, that we have received from the DG of the department. Telling uh, the meeting with the treasury. From the member side, we have not received nothing. I just got a call that uh, Mr. Tang hopefully will join us. Okay, 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 thanks. And we, 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 the uh, Minister of Transport, Honorable Balula, uh, to give uh, an overview uh, or remarks, uh, and then from there, I hand over to the to Plaza. Honorable Minister, the is yours. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson of the Select Committee on Transport, Public Service and Administration. Uh, Public Works and Infrastructure, Mr. Kenny Mwema, and Honorable Members of the Select uh, Committee. We are pleased that uh, 
the select committee has afforded us this opportunity to present uh, to prasa uh, to present a plan and a turnaround since we initiated our intervention aimed at placing prasa on a stable uh, footing it has never been our intention it will never be our intention uh, to define the intervention as a permanent feature it is made precisely to turn things around we all know that uh, prasa have uh, encountered a number of challenges challenges from not only poor but dismal governance over a period of over a decade and uh, maladministration malfeasance uh, and all of that have characterized what prasa has become it is definitely a broken place and not a normal situation if it was normal we would have treated it differently but we have had to take drastic steps because prasa had become a bottomless pit where those who want to perpetuate their activities of running down that place continued unabated we have had to take these drastic measures to ensure as we characterize from the beginning we want to bring about stability at prasa stability for governance and uh, stability to ensuring that prasa fulfills its mandate uh, over a period of time the is against the backdrop of the covid-19 pandemic which has had a disruptive effect as a country had to go through a lockdown this disruptive effect has also forced us to contemplate a new way of doing things which will undoubtedly become a new normal into the future the impact of covid-19 uh, has devastating impact on the transport uh, sector this impact has been worse for prasa as it continues to lose millions in revenue which has been on a downward slide even before the pandemic the task of tackling this intractable challenges is daunting and faces opposition from many fronts now those who have been beneficiaries of the malfeasance continue to resist our interventions and those who have been declared by the auditor general as people who have received irregular benefit from prasa must be set aside have also put up a big fight at prasa through the courts and so on and because of its weakness over time these individuals have had a free ride
before the arrival of the administrator. And some of these manifestations, you have seen them yourselves, with the collapse of security companies which have been irregularly appointed, and uh, activities. Our resolve to fix Prasa and turn it into a well-oiled machinery able to deliver a passenger rail system that serves as a backbone of our public transport system has never been greater. The days of Prasa being a cash cow for the corrupt are over. We made a decisive intervention when we assigned Mr. Mpondo, the administrator, to access. of the law. We've also begun with the process to recruit a new board that will hit the ground running uh, at the end of the tenure uh, of the administrator, and if so, even before. It has never been our intention to have PRASA been run uh, the way it is at the present moment. We define this at the DOT as a measure of intervention, which is defined within a period of time. Nonetheless, there are people who believe that uh, we are perpetuating the old. We don't believe so. Because if we wanted to go with Prasa, with business as usual, we could have appointed another board, and another board, another board, on top of another board. We could have done that. It has happened in the past. Four to five boards in one year. What did it happen? Nothing. The minister fought with the board. The board took the minister to court, and then things fall apart. Millions went down the drain. Governance came to zilch. That's what happened. Mr. Mpondo's task and his team at Prasa is to clean the place and to ensure that within the period of one year, they bring about stability and lay the basis for the work that needs to be done going forward. We will do our job, which we have begun to do, of appointing a new board and advertise, and uh, it is going to be a different ball game altogether. It's not just going to be a CV in the box, shortlisted the DOT, the minister appointed cabinet endorsed. We want skilled people at Prasa who know the rail network, but who at the same time could account in terms of their credentials. And we want to interview these people for the time and to take them through and make it a point that we understand them and where they come from. But our shareholder agreement will be totally different when it comes to Prasa. Government is pumping billions and billions of rands in that entity, such that money at the hands of individuals to be managed and to have proper corporate governance 
cannot be left to chance. That process of the port has now been closed from the 1st of June this week with the beginning of level three. Uh, the closing date for the appointment of the new port is over. We are deliberately allowing ourselves sufficient time to see through this process. We are under no illusion about the critical role Prasa plays in moving millions of our people across the country. We are having confidence in the plans we have put in place, but in themselves, those plans are not insurmountable. And they are not uh, plans that cannot be questioned by anybody. In the short space of time, since we put Mr. Mpondo into office at Prasa, he has moved with lightning speed to make decisive interventions, to stabilize operations and build requisite capacity. He has met a lot of uh, opposition. And in our, in, our, in, our, in our book of books, we understand why it has to be like that. A change will not come easily. And uh, in the past week, he has announced the appointment of key executives will be instrumental in stabilizing operations. The caliber of these executives give us the confidence to proclaim that we are truly on the right path. The appointment of Ms. Nozi Damasan as the CEO of Praza Raid, Mr. Ishan Imran as the CEO of Praza Technical, and Mr. Neil Rush as the CEO of Autopax will go a long way in ensuring long-term sustainability of intervention being implemented. We must congratulate him for a job uh, well done thus far in ensuring that he undermines corruption. He moves with speed on a number of areas. Chief among the issues he has actually began to implement in the turnaround included entrenching governance and good ethics within Prasa management by starting with himself, ensuring that they are subjected uh, to overdrive of uh, auditing and uh, lifestyle audit, uh, all of them, because that has never happened at Prasa. Uh, he also brought a team whose experience, qualifications, and stature builds confidence in all of us. And we are happy that uh, part of the members of this team include men and women of caliber who come also from the treasury of our country, which they brought to us the chief uh, procurement officer of treasury to work with Mr. Pondo in Prasa to ensure that systems are, are clear and we are able to navigate this space uh, with a clear conscience and a clear mind to safeguard the resources of our people. <clears throat> but pleased that the uh, administrator is effectively incorporated into the daily focus, the five key priorities we have identified, which is the recovery, uh, of the service, safety and security, capital program and modernization, governance and revenue enhancement. When we appointed uh, Mr. Mpondo following perpetual challenges and erosion of shareholder value with Prasa, most importantly, 
The appointment was to ensure quick decision-making and to ensure stability to the business, whilst designing a sustainable growth path uh, for Prasa. And I wish to thank uh, the president and the cabinet for agreeing to this, uh, that we embark on this particular path. And uh, those who are supposed to act with me in government also supporting us in our endeavor to turn around Prasa because it cannot be business as usual, as it was before. While we progress, while progress has been registered bit by bit in a number of areas, many challenges remain. The state of finances at Prasa remain a source of serious concern. Over the last decade, Prasa has experienced a steady and sharp decline in fair revenue, which has necessitated an increase in the operating subsidy. This is an important focus area. The Honorable President pronounced in his State of the Nation address that Prasa will focus on recovering the two corridors, which you all know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Honorable Members, which is Mabupani, uh, Twani, Central Line, I mean Twani, and uh, the Central Line in Cape Town. You will know that in Cape Town, with the Cape Town government, and the local government in Cape Town. I've rolled up my sleeves, working very hard with them to recapture that, and they were interrupted by COVID-19. I've received overwhelming support uh, from Cape Town and the provincial government to recover that line of the central line, which you will find at the present moment that people have built on top of that, I've also enlisted the services of Public Works, Minister Delay, who have also come on board. Honorable Minister. It looks like we have lost the Honorable Minister. Are we super? Okay, can the in the administration administrator try to to help the minister to reconnect again? We have lost the Honourable Minister. Uh, let's just wait for him to come back again. And uh, uh, Mr. Pombo, how many how many board members uh, are accompanying you while you are waiting for the Minister to come? Um, Chair, it's it's not um, board members, but it. Uh, part of my executive team. Oh, part of the executive team. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, there, there, there are four. Um, the acting chief financial officer, uh, Mr. Krish Gavinder, uh, the acting CEO of Prasa Rail, Mr. Zolaki Mayaba, the act, former acting but now appointed uh, CEO of Prasa Technical, 
Mr. Hisham Emran, the acting CEO of Prasa Kres, um, Ms. Annette Lindiki. Thanks, Mr. Pondo. Do you have the, the DM here with us? Good afternoon, Chairperson. I'm around. Oh, how are you? Can't complain, and how are you? Good. What do you do now because the minister has lost us? He's back. I'm back. Okay. But maybe, maybe the minister back. must switch back to the video. Right, Honorable Minister. No, I'm back, Chair. Can I conclude? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, to this end, 1.1 billion rand has been reinvested for the central line and 1 billion has been reinvested for Mabupan. As you are aware, Prasa terminated all services during the lockdown period level 5 and 4 in line with the regulations. As a consequence, Prasa suffered a revenue loss estimated at 199 million, resulting in further cash constraints on already strained financial situation. The estimated revenue loss for the year at this stage is 757 million. The dire state of finances at Prasa is further worsened by the shortfall in its operating capital. This is a consequence of a history of deficit budgeting over the years. Over the MTF period, Prasa has a budget shortfall of 4.7 billion. We continue to work with the National Treasury to find a sustainable solution uh, to this challenge. Whereas there is a turnaround, there is equally a challenge uh, of uh, operation expenditure shortfall within Prasa, which uh, the administrator and the team at Prasa has been faced with. And we seek to address this by ensuring that uh, the capital expenditure, part of it, is able to be utilized to address uh, this shortfall. Mr. Mpondo will account for all of that in terms of uh, his presentation. I must express my appreciation for the tremendous support the National Treasury continues to give us in ensuring that our intervention in turning around Plaza succeed. Uh, the second man of the National Treasury's acting chief procurement officer Mr. Wilima Tebula will go a long way in stabilizing process supply chain management uh, processes and putting up systems to ensure that Prasa does not become a bottomless pit for the corrupt and those who want to use Prasa to fulfill their own uh, selfish, corrupt uh, interest. Uh, I wish to thank you, Chair and Honorable Members, and uh, on that particular note, uh, I was going to explain to you that I'm with the Deputy Minister and that the, 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 the Director General, Mr. Alec Muyemi, is not with us. He's at Treasury uh, to finalize some of the issues that relate to, among others, to Prasa, but at the same time to our reprioritized budget, uh, which has been largely affected by COVID-19. So here yeah, I'm with uh, the DM and members of our office staff, which I will not introduce. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, thank you, uh, Minister. Uh, 
for laying the the foundation for Mr. Mpondo to take uh, stage. Uh, over to you, Mr. Mpondo. Yes, Chair. Yeah, you can take the center stage now. Thank you. I'd just like to confirm that the presentation is visible. It is, it is. Great. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, let me take the opportunity to uh, to greet yeah. the chair as well as the yeah. committee, um, and also to greet the minister and the deputy minister and the officials no, 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 of the no, Department no, no, no. of Transport and my colleagues. Um, <clears throat> I do have a fairly lengthy presentation, chair, um, but I will try and. Um, touch on, you know, what I think would be the salient issues. So let let me then start. Uh, okay, so in terms of the outline of my submission this evening, uh, I'd like to take you through the corporate plan or the annual performance plan. Um, elements thereof. I will then uh, turn, in, turn to the mandate that have been provided by the minister and then also, you know, look at the key actions taken to date. Uh, the structure of those are uh, in, um, in terms of the duration, three months and six months. Uh, I'll then touch on the corridor recovery program on the central lines and Mabokwani line, uh, as the minister has indicated. And then as we begin to move to the end, I'll just talk about COVID-19 and the impact, and briefly just on our uh, readiness. And, and then I'll end off with our capital program, which I think Chair will tie up with the comments you made around uh, infrastructure development. So if I may start, Chair, some of these issues, as I indicated, I will not be spending a lot of time, but our vision really doesn't change uh, that we, we do need to remain and become the backbone of the public transport industry and that we need to do so by providing safe, reliable and affordable yeah, commuter rail, long haul passenger rail as, as well as interbus uh, services. We've got a number of values and we've not changed those but I think I do have to say at this stage that I think uh, quite a lot of these would have been compromised over the years um, and we in terms of instilling and ensuring that uh, our government systems are in place, we would like to resuscitate and ensure that these values are adhered to. In terms of our mandate, just as to restate, the main objective of uh, PRASA is to ensure that uh, we, uh, <coughs> excuse me, through the Department of Transport, we supply rail commuter services uh, from and within uh, you know, the Republic, in the public interest uh, and that, was, that speaks to long-haul passenger rail as well as bus services uh, as per the National Land Transport uh, you know, Act as amended. And the secondary uh, objective for PRASA is that we, we need to generate income from uh, utilizing our assets and this really applies to you know our station you know infrastructure and properties that 
uh, in the name of trust so that uh, could generate uh, income or supplementary income you know, for the entity. And just in terms of how we've uh, linked, we, we considered the National Development Plan and the role that we need to be playing in providing a suitable public transport solution. Um, and we see the National Development Plan impacting on us through a number of areas. Those include increasing investment in public transport, ensuring that we resolve existing uh, public transport policy issues, uh, developing uh, transport management, uh, providing incentives you know, for public transport use and reviewing commuter train uh, fleet and for budget development. So these, those are areas that impact on us that are in the National Development Plan and we look therefore to contribute uh, to the NDP through issues around uh, employment, looking at the environment, uh, you know, ensuring that the externalities are reduced. And I think uh, one would, we would know that uh, the carbon footprint of rail compared to other, other modes is, is generally low. Uh, looking at how we integrate uh, into the transport system, as well as uh, issues around uh, education, ensuring that uh, we develop learners in various fields uh, that relate to the work that we do. In terms of the MTSF, the medium-term strategy framework, uh, the priorities that uh, are key to us, are priority one, uh, that uh, focuses on economic transformation, excuse me, job creation, uh, ensuring that we provide access to job opportunities, job uh, creation that is dependent on contracts that flow from the capital program, very key, uh, the rolling stock, filtering our program and risk programs. And so when we talk of you know, the budget, the capital budget that you have and the billions that PRASA is able to receive from national government, largely they're directed towards these areas. Then priority two, education, skills and health, looking at training programs or customer services, security and training operations. Um, and a lot of this, uh, I think, would have, uh, you know, suffered over the period of the past few years due to all the challenges that the organization has had. But nonetheless, that's a key focus. And then priority for special integration, human settlements, and local government, and we do know the role that public transport in particular can play uh, in terms of integrating you know, uh, our spaces. And then priority six, looking at a capable, ethical, and developmental state, also within the capital program and modernization streams. So <clears throat> I think the capital, sorry, the capable, ethical, and development state becomes important, and all the issues that the minister was indicating around, you know, uh, the the corruption that has been taking place uh, within the organization would then signal that we've really not been playing our role as part of the past few years, you know, in terms of um, uh, contributing to, to this priority. So we need to restore, in this regard, our commuter services, which have declined substantially, substantially over the past five years, um, as well as the long-haul passenger transport, um, and then also ensuring that we establish a functional and efficient integrated organization. Now, moving to how we've structured, um, you know, our capital, uh, corporate plan. So the two goals that we align to the MTSF for the priorities that I've outlined. The one goal is the alien passenger transport that works, and we'll elaborate on the areas under this. So we're looking at the rail and bus tra transport that is safe, affordable, and reliable through, you know, our, uh, divisions, uh, metro rail, which also. Uh, includes, or at least uh, in line with that, you've got MLPS, which is mainland passenger services, and autopacks on the bus side. Uh, through maintaining, modernizing the rolling stock, bus fleet infrastructure facilities, stations, and security, which, again, you know, uh, at the risk of overemphasizing, 
the decline has been quite uh, palpable over the past few years. But also, the second goal is developing a capable organization that now speaks to an organization that does business ethically and efficiently, placing commuters and passengers on top of their agenda and uh, is financially sound. They will elaborate on these as we go going through. In terms of so the two goals, I've got uh, strategy objectives that are aligned to them, and these are aligned to also the program that I have, and the minister did also touch on these. So the first goal, rail and bus uh, transport uh, that works, three um, objectives that are linked to that. The one is service recovery, ensuring that we recover the service, uh, ensure that it's reliable, it's safe, it's predictable. Then um, the second objective that speaks to safety and security, securing the national assets that we have, being you know our rolling stock as well as our infrastructure, uh, rail infrastructure in terms of uh, payments, uh, OHT, uh, as well as the stations, but also the safety of our commuters and customers, as well as the, the safety of our, of our employees becomes uh, equally important. Then the third objective there is a capital program and modernization. <coughs> Excuse me, ensuring that we roll out our program. And, and modernize, you know, the service that we provide. Um, the link to them, the capable organization, uh, we will talk about governance, ensuring that we reinstill and bring proper governance into the organization uh, in order for us to be able to, you know, execute uh, in, a, in a much more ethical uh, manner uh, in the way that we do things. The last, uh, the other objective, uh, on the capable organization is that revenue enhancement and cost containment, which is which which is also key, ensuring that we are able to get back um, you know and increase our revenue through you know fares from the rail and bus side, but at the same time, like any other um, prudent business, ensure that we manage our costs. And you know over the years, the costs have really increased the organization whilst revenue has declined. That needs to be uh, flipped. Uh, to be the other way around with the high revenue and you know, uh, contained costs. So, it's just not moving on my side. So, my slides are stuck, I'm not sure. There we go. Okay, then on the strategic uh, objective, rail and, and bus transport that works is just to give some, some detail there, and I'm not going to spend too much time focused on metro rail service uh, and a number of sub programs uh, that uh, make that up, like rolling stock, infrastructure stations, recovery of the two lines, mainline passenger services, looking at locomotives, uh, got challenges there the fleet, and then also the interface we have with Transnet. And then Autopex, uh, the growth strategy, we've got a short-term turnaround strategy that we've worked out, as well as the bus fleet. fleet. So some of the indicators that we've, uh, we've got that we are uh, tracking with regards to um, the service uh, recovery would speak to the recovery of the two lines, uh, train sets that are available by you know year-end, train set configura configuration, train trips that are scheduled, Percentage of metro rail operator trains at time, uh, on time rather, at the end of the year, train trips scheduled as well as bus trips. So those are the indicators that we're looking at, uh, chair and members, that we've uh, set out over the over the period. 
And then uh, the safety and security uh, management, we're looking at improving safety management in line with the release of the regulator requirements, um, security of, of plus asset base, which I've spoken to, and then also implementing security uh, uh, interventions. And the number of uh, programs around safety management and security management um, that would assist us uh, move in that direction. Some of the indicators here, we're looking at the number of occurrences, uh, rail occurrences uh, reported to the railway safety regulator. Uh, we're looking at conditions set by the RSR in terms of uh, permit, uh, uh, in terms of the permit that are closed, uh, directives issued by RSR for completion in, uh, in this uh, financial year uh, and the years that uh, follow, and the number of occurrences as well that are to the RSR. In terms of the capital program, Chair, uh, and modernization acceleration, here yeah, we're looking at developing a capital implementation uh, process uh, and also implementing uh, uh, to accelerate service recovery and delivery through the modernization of our uh, system. Again, number of programs here, capacitation of the CAPEX program, ensuring that we've got capacity to deliver, which you know has been a, a, a big challenge. Modernizing our corridors, um, at very little work has been done Know, to give the customers, you know, a relatively um, modern uh, experience as they, you know, uh, utilize our uh, our services. The rolling stock fleet renewal program, key, uh, it, but has been delayed as well. A number of uh, challenges from a supply chain management point of view over the past year, and then signaling, uh, and then properties and stations, key as part of that. So some of the indicators on the capital program, we look at capital spend uh, in terms of billions uh, per annum, how much of that we are able to, to spend rolling stock to new program, number of new trains that will be provisionally accepted per annum. These are the blue trains that uh, we, we, we are receiving and, uh, through the Gibella contract, signaling commissions completed per, uh, per contract, and then the general overhaul of GO program, of material coaches completed, the delay I was talking to here is as a result of an award last year of this program, so we're getting this back on track. It has a detrimental impact in terms of the services that we offer through the number of sets that we have that are serviceable. And then general overhaul for mainland passengers services that is completed, we also track that, and also that has been uh, impacted on by the non-award. Then with regards to capable organization, uh, we're looking at revenue enhancement and cost containment, uh, where Key is reviewing the organizational design and business model, which has been very inefficient, addressing revenue protection and generate, uh, generation for commuter and passenger transport, and also the properties and assets that I spoke to earlier to ensure a sustainable organization that is financially sound, which by all accounts uh, you know, it has been clear and will demonstrate that uh, the situation that uh, was really you know, heading you know, for you know, far ahead. Um, sorry, Chair, I was just getting some interference there. Um, so the key issues there is driving revenue enhancement uh, and the initiatives that uh, speak to that, as well as uh, cost containment. And uh, we'll talk to that later. Some of the indicators here, the revenue that uh, we generate would, uh, over the period, uh, that is the medium term, and then the expenditure. Uh, this uh, slide is, you know, would also be uh, misleading because we are 
really looking at our cost base, and I'll talk to that in terms of exposure later on. Um, around the capable organization, uh, chair and members, we need to address, there's a number of uh, audit findings um, that have been picked up at press over the years, uh, in particular the repeat findings. So we're looking at those and we've set up systems and I'll talk to that. Ensure effective consequence management, very key. I think I mean, the derailed report uh, dates as far back as 2015 or so, 16, uh, we're sitting in 2020 and um, quite a number of those uh, recommendations uh, are still outstanding and we are working on ensuring that those you know, um, see in the light of day. Establish and improve policies. Uh, one has found quite a deficient system in terms of the policy environment. So that's key in terms of ensuring that we move forward systems and processes, ensure effective enterprise-wide uh, risk management. Um, you know, even a situation like COVID-19, uh, no one would have predicted it, but uh, I think the risk management that uh, organizations would have put in place would have at least uh, played a role. I think uh, we, we were just in the process of working on those, uh, but it is it is it had. Improve and streamline the procurement processes. Supply chain has been a major, major problem in the organization, and it, is, and it delays a lot of projects, uh, hence the challenge, some of the challenges. Ensure government structures are in line with legal and business imperatives. Uh, ensure current divisionalization of process subsidiaries, and we'll give an update uh, on this as these projects are uh, on the go. So, indicator here, looking at uh, Auditor General Audit Opinion, uh, from a disclaimer, would like to move to an unqualified audit um, and further on to, to a clean you know, uh, audit. So we need to reduce uh, the, the repeat findings in particular. So this just indicates how, you know, all of what I've indicated in terms of the goals and the objectives and the sub-programs under them, how those are, you know, tie in and fit together. So on the economic transformation job creation, um, we contribute to the economy through job creation within the capital and modernization program. That's key, so we need to ensure that we create jobs, benefits, uh, and also the, the running stock uh, fleet in our program, the signaling, that's key, and the co cooperatives that are in place, uh, in uh, in particular around um, the stations, the system with uh, station cleaning, and so forth. So we're looking at jobs here yeah, from the running stock uh, fleet in your program, you know, how much of those will be in, uh, generated over the medium term and also within other projects within PRASA. So current transformation still, this priority we're looking at contributing with regards to training programs, skills focus areas around customer operations, training operations, product and services. However, I must also indicate that whilst you know, um, these uh, are on our plans, there are challenges that we are experiencing due to you know, financial situation. So these are hampered yeah, a bit as opposed to you know, the ambitious uh, plans we had in terms of the numbers that we would have liked um, you know, to register here. Uh, internships and learnerships as well as uh, bursaries. And then on the procurement side, we're looking at um, contract expenditure that uh, through contract procurement, we've got a target there about uh, 80%. Then B, triple B, E compliance spend as a percentage of identified operational spend per annum. That's one of the indicators. We're looking at uh, the QSEs target, you know, that is qualifying small enterprises, as well as also exempt uh, micro enterprises with uh, got a target spend. 
black owned companies, um, uh, black women owned in enterprise and supply development. Now, Chair, if I can turn to the uh, mandate, uh, and again, I will try and be as, as uh, swift as possible. There are nine areas that uh, the Minister has specifically requested upon our appointment to focus on, and that informs a lot of the work that we're doing. So, and these also have informed uh, the corporate plan that I've just uh, you know, taken the committee through. Uh, so, in no particular order, though, I'll just uh, touch on these addressing the matters related to the AG's findings, as well as repeat findings, that's one, improving operational performance uh, in the company, that's uh, uh, another mandate. And then also uh, expediting the implementation of the modernization program that speaks to areas such as fencing, signaling, power and station upgrades, security interventions across all corridors, um, key with uh, challenges in the area. And then five, uh, looking at the organizational design and business model. Uh, we'll give an update on that as well. Very key. Uh, and then six, uh, develop capacity to manage our uh, capital program. Over the, the years, the capacity in the organization has been depleted, um, and therefore you lack uh, you know, very critical technical skills you know, that can oversee these projects. These are complex projects, and therefore require requisite capacity you know, in order for them to be implemented adequately. Seven, capacity to support interventions aimed at recovering the system by ensuring that uh, we have supplier panels, uh, through competitive bidding and so forth, that really speaks to the supply chain. Areas attend to issues that require engagement with Transnet in order to unblock blockages. And we'll give an update also on that. And then nine, which is the last of the nine uh, mandate areas, ensure effective consequence management, provide support to investigations currently underway by law enforcement authorities. And again, here, the uh, chair will be able to just update. So. The way that this is structured is that, and you'll see that there's, there's a, a thread that goes through this, uh, the way that we're approaching it. So there, there are nine areas that I've just uh, indicated. Those are on the left side of that uh, slide, at least of the table. And then these are linked to the various um, uh, objectives that I mentioned earlier in the corporate plan. But, you know, um, these also then are how we are dealing with all these matters the five uh, key areas which happen to form the subcommittees of EXCO, which I'll touch on. Now, I'm not going to go back uh, and emphasize, I think the minister has indicated that um, the brokenness of organization, systematic erosion, and how we are yeah, looking to stabilize. These, there are a number of elements that lead to that, um, that have happened over the years, uh, that relate to instability at management level, decisions that have been taken that are questionable, no consequence management and record keeping, no record keeping, backing, backup systems that don't exist, operating systems that are not fully deployed. There's quite a number of them uh, that have led to where we are. And I don't want to spend time on, on the chair. So what are the immediate measures that we've taken to bring the semblance of order in the organization? I think it's important for, for, for us to bring it to the attention of the committee. I think we're registering steadily progress, but that remains quite a lot of work that we still need to do. And I'll demonstrate this. Uh, we've taken a few key actions. I would have uh, looked at to ensure that we set the foundations for stability. We've set up a robust infrastructure that meets uh, every two weeks. This has been happening since January of this year. 
This uh, Act is supported by five subcommittees, and these meet also uh, on a bi-weekly basis in, in order to feed into the export agenda. Uh, then you'll note, Chair and members, that uh, the progress update is structured along these subcommittees, which uh, happen to be those five objectives that we indicated in the corporate uh, plan outline. So I, I, I raise these, um, Chair, because it's fundamental uh, that it's a fundamental requirement rather for instilling proper governance, a process which didn't exist, as, 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 as we know, uh, which for all intents and purposes, I think, you know, has been compromised. I've now posted the Office of Administrators as well. The Minister has touched on this by appointing a team of seasoned technical advisors. And these are professionals here from government departments, a state institution, which is a CSR, and, uh, and industry. And uh, there's uh, the list of those, uh, which are not you know, for the benefit of time, so we not go through all of them, but they cover the areas of finance, supply chain management, Minister spoke to it, legal advisory. Uh, it's a government from the Department of Transport, Stakeholder Management, Communication, Business Performance, Rail and Bus Operations, uh, CSR supporting us there, and then Technical and Engineering. So these um, have strengthened export capacities as there were quite a number of deficiencies. Now, some of the other measures that are, should be of interest, we've triggered a number of key partnerships which seek to build strong operational relations, relationships uh, with other entities of state that we interface with, and just some of the ones we can highlight here uh, the following transmit. Uh, there's been uh, there have been a number of unresolved issues. We note in the minister's nine point mandate that is given. This is one of the issues. So since the separation, you know, of personal and just service from transmit, this has a had a detrimental effect for both parties. So recently, I think the CEO, well, the CEO of Transit and, and I met, and we've set up a number of work streams that are focusing on mutually agreed business critical items. So this is uh, going to strengthen the operational issues between, you know, the two entities that will benefit, you know, not well, our uh, customers as well as the public in general. In ESCOM, we know the role that it plays and the number of common areas that we have, for instance, uh, issues such as cable theft. So we've agreed on common areas. Uh, the CEO of ESCOM and I have met and we've agreed to work together to set up a number of work streams uh, and that will enhance our synergies. The South Korean Police Service, our security capability, the issues that we've had in the past and we continue to have uh, today. So we've engaged with SAPS, we have been engaging for you know, uh, a while. You know, the purpose of strengthening our relationship as per the MOU that we entered into with them in uh, 2019. So they will be first multiply in our environment through some special operations and also to emphasize the press rail compensation infrastructure. That serves as a neighbor to various economic sectors. So it goes without saying that in all our, uh, it is in all our interest to protect these assets and keep uh, the criminals away uh, from them. Then some of the measures, key measures taken of move to institute consequence management on a number of matters cited in various investigation reports at PRASA. Um, and this, of course, doesn't sit well with a lot of these, uh, you know, colleagues or former colleagues that. Uh, you know, would have been cited. To this end, we've suspended 12 senior managers. We will be undergoing disciplinary action. Uh, we've had some delays, I must say, with the COVID, but in terms of taking the processes further, but uh, these will speed up now, now, now that uh, there, there are some relaxations. So where instances of possible corruption are picked up, these will be handed over to the National Prosecuting Authority. And the number of matters that have been processed for ourselves, the SIU, 
as well as a direct uh, directorate for prior to crime investigations, which is the Hawks. And uh, with the number of vacancies that one found at executive level that have been there you know, for a while, those these are now uh, majority of them have been filled. So we've undertaken a fair of resources over the past uh, few well, two months, I would say, uh, in identifying suitable candidates. And I'm pleased to inform the committee on the appointments that I think the minister has already uh, indicated um, on Prasarail, CEO Nasipo Tamasani, uh, Tech, CEO Hisham Emran, and then Autopex, Nerush, Chief Information Officer, David Mpela, and Company Secretary Sandy Lamin. These will be joining us very soon, and this should make um, a big difference in terms of stability at that level. And thanking also the colleagues that have held the fort uh, in those areas uh, during these difficult times. Chair, I think it's important to bring to attention the committee just uh, that over the past 10 years, I think we've seen a steady and sharp decline in fair revenue, the Minister did also allude to it, which has necessitated an increase in the operating subsidy. On the other hand, expenses have increased and abated. So if you look at the if you see the graph, at least that we presented below, you can see how the income you know, has not really moved the pace, that expenditure has grown. But in particular, the gap between income you know, and expenditure, with expenditure being above income, and it just shows that um, you know, the organization was always leading and moving towards you know, a crunch, which is uh, what I then begin to elaborate in the next slides. So we've, we've been constrained. We are constrained with long-outstanding debt uh, of 6.3 billion, uh, consisting of transmit that we owe about 1.8 billion, and other creditors, about 4.5 billion. So when these when there are outcries about Prasa not being able to pay suppliers, that's the amount that uh, you know has been owed, and that we we had to inherit um, for for a variety of services. So, so given the historic inefficiencies and current operating conditions, we're also considering uh, VSPs at a very early stage of, of these conversations. But uh, this uh, is estimated that it will cost the company about 1.1 billion. So, it's part of a three-year plan to achieve break-even, a break-even budget. And despite uh, budget rationalization, rationalization process, the following budget deficits remain unfunded. With the budget deficit for 2021 will be 0.9 billion. And for 2022, 0.5. Uh, total commitment is uh, for 8.8 .8 billion. Now, the National Treasury DOT have approved the CAPEX conversion in, uh, of just over 400 million in May 2020. Uh, therefore, the remaining unfunded commitment is 8.4 billion um, from the 8.8 that I mentioned earlier. So, subject to NT, National Treasury DOT approval processes. Uh, potential funding source uh, would be as follows. We would look at so signaling earmarked and spent capex at 3.7 billion and the rolling stock fee to 4.7. But those are discussions that still have to take place, but it's just to give an indication of the total exposure that PRASA has. And these um, are quite key in terms of, you know, one, giving an indication of the challenges, you know, that even the turnaround plan has even though you know we do have the plans but you know we obviously need to to be able to have the money so we're earnestly working on arresting and and that's seeking to reverse the situation so his work on these initiatives aimed at improving revenue over time it is of primary importance that we reduce unnecessary costs and we're looking at a variety 
of cost items and that we've listed like overtime allowances, fleet usage, fuel maintenance, and, and a variety of others. So we're looking at all the cost items. It's not just about uh, so the VSPs, but that's just but one element because we have to uh, rationalize our cost base. And then lastly, I think it's an issue that um, we've had. There's been an accept an, uh, and it's become an accepted practice in the organization to budget for a deficit. Um, we are working on uh, changing this so that PASA can be able to have a funded budget uh, that is not uh, deficit based so that we can create a sustainable uh, business model. Chair members, and I'll just turn to the areas of focus in terms of the, you know, the turnaround, which is, uh, you know, timed over the 12 month period. Minister mentioned that this is uh, an intervention. So we've approached it as such. The first three months, uh, I titled stability and order in the organization and showing that we instill the proper systems and processes the six-month period from uh, uh, January to, to June would look at uh, ensuring that we uh, accelerate execution of projects. Um, you know, we've had some uh, delays with COVID, but nonetheless, that is that is a theme. And then ensuring that over the 12-month period, we commission uh, what we'd have uh, begun to do. We create a business continuity and then hand over. Uh, to the ministers, uh, a business that is sustainable and that uh, will never be the same uh, and recognizable from its troubled past. So, we've got so the priority programs, Chair, it's quite a lot of detail, but as I promised, I'll try not to go into the detail, but it's important just to give the committee a flavor of it, that uh, over the three months, uh, we said on the service recovery side, and this is looked the service recovery subcommittee is, is responsible for driving the implementation uh, issues around, you know, accelerating interventions in terms of the tenor. So the, the structure is the same. So the table here shows the, the turnaround plan area on the left, in the middle with the key program and then the status, you know, on the right. So around relating to accelerating interventions and improving uh, service recovery, then we we say that delivery of the key components, a key program, we've received some components, particularly in the cutting region, but we'll be advertising a more comprehensive uh, tender come June, uh, which is a monthly email. Rolling stock uh, renewal program, five to six trains, provision accepted. These are the blue trains that are coming from the Gibella factory. So four new trains have been provision accepted from the local factory during that uh, early period. And developing a passenger service charter, this is very key. Last time Plaza had a charter was in 2013. We've updated this charter as we speak. We're now uh, finalizing the implementation framework and also ensuring that, uh, uh, that because this then impacts on the timetable, because this is what uh, we put forward uh, to, to our committees, at least the pledge in terms of how what we promise to deliver. So this has uh, been approved by ESCO. We're now uh, beginning to roll that out. Very, very important for a, a transport operation. And then issues that require engagement in transit, I've spoken to this. Uh, we've got the work streams that we've set up and these are meeting and uh, there should be uh, you know, a lot of traction in that area. Then the business uh, organizational uh, design as well as the business model. Here we're looking at the new operating model organization structure. This is key 
because the operational operating model structure is in the organization structure at plus has been very inefficient uh, plays a key role in terms of uh, where the organization is at so this process is underway we developed and we put together an internal team we didn't uh, appoint any you know consultants as worth mentioning so we seconded uh, internal colleagues to work on this uh, led by an internal uh, colleague uh, to lead the process uh, and this is ongoing almost uh, complete but it confirms a lot of these inefficiencies and um, we've, re we've received the final um, well, the preliminary recommendations um, and we've made some comments and that will be finalized and that will impact greatly in terms of restructuring the organization ensuring that it is uh, better structured to deliver on its mandate. Then on the capital program organization acceleration, which is still within the three months, here we said we would like to expedite implementation of the modernization program, as indicated by that, uh, the nine-point mandate. Here, then the key programs that would have been uh, are the national station upgrades in Cape Town, tenant installation, uh, parade concourse. Uh, it's delayed, however. The project is 69% complete, um, so we're looking at a completion date around November. And then the EPMO, Enterprise Program Management uh, Office, key for um, the delivery of the huge capital program. We found this, at least I found it to be fairly deficient when I you know, arrived. So we've moved to develop a plan here. I've appointed one of the internal colleagues to lead this. Um, and it has been developed, plan has been developed, approved by Expo. It's now been rolled out and we'll show close monitoring on project delivery you know, of the, you know, the huge capital uh, program. Then security, uh, we had indicated that would source uniform training for personnel. This is, is underway, specifications have been compiled. Uh, there's been a delay uh, in preparation for the tender advertisement, but this should be completed. Excuse me, fairly soon, so that our security personnel have a uniform uh, uh, apparel. I put it that way because uh, some didn't have uniform, and therefore it was to be even difficult to recognize them on the platforms and on our tracks. And then also developing of a security strategy. The security strategy aimed at an integrated security management has been developed uh, you know, in the organization, and Exco, you know, has uh, uh, processed it. I've also appointed a Brigadier General uh, to lead uh, and stabilize the security department. Then in the governance issues, governance subcommittee within the three months, we said we'll update all policies. There is a number of policies that we've developed and approved at Expo. This, is, this has been one of the most uh, uh, hectic areas due to the deficiency as indicated, uh, supply chain management policy fraud and corruption prevention policy fraud. Um, and prevention plan, audit, uh, lifestyle and audit, uh, ethics, human factors. So these are just some of the uh, policies that we had to, to approve because it then also becomes important for the things that we need to do to base them on these, um, you know, updated policies in the organization that doesn't have these, you know, the uh, risks quite a lot. So uh, the review of policies uh, and, the, and, and, and the identification of gaps uh, continues. But uh, I think we've, we've managed to update quite a number of, of, of these and actually to come up even with those policies that were not uh, available. And then controls, implementing of controls through activation of domain set modules. This process is, is underway. We've got um, a set, which is uh, you know, this uh, IT system that we use. And we're looking to activate all these modules and create a stable IT 
system which is the basis upon which we can do a lot of things. Track and attend to audit uh, findings, in particular repeat findings. I've approved for implementation a fundamental structural intervention that reports to my office that will ensure management responses to audit findings uh, as the you know, audit period is, is, is about to start. These are dealt with uh, as part of uh, the root cause analysis, uh, are complete in terms of key control points applied against the standardized internal uh, control framework, identify accountable executives and process owners aligned to performance and consequence management, and also to undergo quality assurance process. This is very important, uh, particularly given where we're coming from with uh, a lot of findings, particularly repeat findings. And then also, we said we set up a panel of service providers to provide capacity to capital program uh, implementation. Specifications have been compiled, and these should be going out uh, to market fairly soon. Still in governance, um, I've already spoken about that, that area. Then conducting lifestyle audits on all employees in finance supply chain in the top 300 plus employees. Uh, 186 names of senior plus employees have been provided to SSA for. That is the state security agency for vetting, which include uh, lifetime audits. This was done uh, quite, quite a while back. These comprise you know, of group executives, subsidiary and divisional CEOs, general managers, regional managers, all the way to internal audit. Um, and we also had agreed with uh, the state security agency and provided them with the office space, just and that was before the lockdown, to undertake this exercise. Um, and that includes all executives, starting, you know, with uh, my office and myself, and all the way through uh, to the executives, technical advisors, you know, uh, and even the organization. And so, this is a process that uh, Mr. we will yes, start minutes chair. to wrap up. So there all are right. five minutes to wrap up. Yeah. All right, chair. Thank you. Thanks. So. I'll just uh, go through the slides. So, consequence management, I did allude to it earlier. Uh, SIU, uh, working with them as well as the, the Hawks, there are um, charges that will be instituted, suspensions. These will take, um, should be able to, um, we, should, we should be able to get a lot of traction now that uh, there are relaxations in terms of the CCMA uh, and the Labor Court. Then, Chair, this speaks to the six month program, and I'm not going to uh, go into this because uh, we will come back at, and then also give an indication of progress with regards to this. But there is there are certain areas that we've already uh, moved, have moved on. Uh, we'll provide this update post uh, June, uh, and so I'm not going to just skip through those check given the time. Corridor recovery program. This is important because it was just in the state of the nation address. And we've had to review the program in light of the lockdown, rolling program, and increased theft and vandalism. So we've got revised dates. We had initially indicated that we would uh, look at a limited service in uh, uh, around September, October of this year, but that now moves to Feb, March next year. And this applies to both corridors, just as an indication. And this just speaks to just the challenges around timeframes that we've had. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, the team will continue to work on these and we should hopefully gain subtraction with the relaxation now. Um, then the financial impact uh, in terms of the termination of services, we're looking at um, between April and May, 199 million, we're looking at just over 750 over the period up until um, March next year. And this we've incorporated into our request uh, to the Treasury. The impact of COVID 
has been you know uh, overall negative for us. It has impacted on project timelines. It has impacted on our revenue, uh, and we will not touch on that. For the check, readiness to resume services at the stage we're looking at um, uh, July, uh, but on key quarter, on certain corridors, one uh, in Gauteng, Pina Sport to Pretoria, and then the cent um, Southern Line in Cape Town, and then the Eastern Cape. And then we we'll look at other corridors um, uh, also as soon as you know we're able to move on level two. The rest of the corridors will then also come and speak. But we've already put in uh, systems, but this is work in progress, and some of it being impacted on by finances, but nonetheless, where we've been able to, on those corridors, we are putting the measures and the markings, ensuring that we've got the disinfectants and the sanitizers. Um, so just lastly, the capital program, then, Chair, uh, this has not moved over the last few years, so we're looking at unleashing this program. It speaks to depot modernization, depot fencing, general overhaul, rolling stock, signaling the lines, the two lines, recoveries, OHT, refurbishment, payway, rehabilitation, security program, and corridor walling. And uh, we're looking at, uh, you know, injecting about $7 billion into the economy in terms of the projects that, you know, would be uh, kicked off this year. Uh, of course, they will carry on into the other years, but that's, you know, the amount that would be uh, invested you know, by price, which is counter-cyclical in terms of the challenges that we have, and it should be a welcome boost into the economy that will create the necessary jobs that are required. Thank you, Thank you very much to you and the members. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Mr. Um, Pondo, for the, for the job well done. Uh, you have uh, uh, clearly outlined the the key areas that you'll be focusing on in the annual uh, performance plan, uh, but also ensuring that there is the alignment between what you said and what the what the minister contained in his uh, uh, political overview. Uh, I'll then open the floor for for honourable members. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, we will start. Uh, uh, let's just check with the with the chart. I know that another material is a problem with the with the with the uh, <clears throat> with the, the network. Uh, let me just uh, bring to the attention of uh, Mr. Bondo uh, to the questions that are. Uh, that are raised in the chat by Honorable Matevula. Uh, when you respond, also pay attention to, to this one. At the end of the, the questions posed by the members, we will then ask the Home Secretary just to read this chat uh, questions from Honorable Matevula. Uh, <clears throat> uh, let me start, Honorable Dango. Honorable Dango? Honorable Tim? I'm covered, Chairperson. You covered, Honorable Dango. Thank you, Chair. Honorable Tim, floor is yours. Thank you, Chair. I, I, I'm here, but I, I think I mentioned earlier I'm having a problem with my laptop today. When I turn my camera off on, it creates big problems with the signal. So I, I apologize to the committee that you cannot see me. You'll have to just imagine me as you know me. 
<laughs> right. Um, <clears throat> Chair, just, I have uh, just a couple of issues I want to raise, and I'll try to do them very quickly for the attention of uh, Mr. Mpondo and, 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 the, and the Minister. The first question is, look, it's common cause that Prasa has a major problem with vandalism and of, of infrastructure and of, of rolling stock stuff, uh, of, of, of cars, etc., etc. So a big concern is, is why were various security companies not paid in the last quarter or in the last period? Um, companies like Changing Tides, Singapore, Slangamani, Von Chiri, and Vusisi's security. Companies like that were not paid. Can we just get a response as to why they were not paid and why are we possibly jeopardizing the security at Prasa by such practices? The other issue I needed to raise is that in the 2019-20 in the, in the budget year, in quarter four, 28 billion rand was set aside for the refurbishment and maintenance of, of rail coaches. But we've noted that none of that has been spent on that, but in fact has been via, via violence has been spent on settling labor disputes and various court judgments. So the money hasn't gone to the maintenance and refurbishment of, um, of those rail coaches. Chair, that's on Prasa. Just two other issues quickly while, while I have the luxury of the minister with us. Um, the South African Maritime Security, uh, Safety Association, SAMHSA, falls under transport. Now, I know that the minister, <clears throat> it was a, very, a great regulation that allowed all persons who had license or licensing of their vehicles, that, that license, those licenses, if they expired during the lockdown, would be deemed to be okay for a period of time until they could be relicensed. I've had inquiries from the commercial fishing sector of boats that have, their, their certificate of fitness has expired during the lockdown period. Um, there is a massive backlog. Under level three, the assessors, the external surveyors and assessors can assess craft, but there is a massive backlog. The question to the Ministry is, can the same um, extension that was given to motor vehicles, licenses and roadworthies also be extended to SAMHSA as well? So that craft uh, that commercial fishermen use can go out for a period of time until they can get them relicensed, just, just as we've done with motor vehicles. Now, Chair, then my last point is, is, is a bit of a housekeeping point, Chair. Um, the DG, Alec Moyemi, Mr. M Mr. Moyemi uh, has, has been engaged with us quite a bit recently. I must just point out, though, my disappointment, though, that I have sent various emails to uh, Mr. Moyemi's email address, directorgeneral at dot.gov.za. They unfortunately bounced back, and I'm told by all my colleagues that this happens with all of them. And also, I've sent WhatsApp messages to Mr. Moyemi, and he has not responded. Can, can we just get a response on that? I think it's vital for everybody on this committee to be able to have an open, free-flowing information channel with at least the Director General of the Department so that we can we can attend to issues that we need to get information on. Chair, thank you very much. I appreciate your indulgence. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Honorable Team. Honorable uh, Langsman. 
Thank you very much and good evening to everybody. Um, the Minister indicated that um, he's very worried about the finances of Praza as they were experiencing a revenue decline due to COVID. Okay, that's all good and well, but I'd like to know what the decline was prior to COVID, so that COVID-19, so that we can just get a feel of the impact that COVID-19 is having. And then um, I understand that consequent management has been put in place and that 12 senior members have subsequently been suspended. Can we be informed as to when they were suspended, what their transgressions were, and when the disciplinaries will be finalized? And if found guilty, will they be held to account? Um, I read in an article, and then I heard again tonight, this evening, that many challenges are being faced by Praza. And then in the media, I read that voluntary severance packages are being made available to employees of Praza. Could we be informed to um, which sector would be provided with these voluntary um, severance packages? And is Praza concentrating on a certain age group? Um, and then to add on to what Honourable Bartoseth said with regard to the security um, companies, could we please be informed as to the outstanding amount that is being owed to these security companies and will they be put back into operation come 1 July when the metro rails again um, start functioning? Then I'd also like to know, a team of technical advisors have been appointed. Could this committee be provided with the annual cost to company um, with regard to the appointment of these advisors? Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Boshoff. Uh, is Honorable Aplenia around? Honorable uh, Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chepesi, uh, for the question. I mean, for, for giving me the opportunity, and also thank to the Minister for the opening remarks, and uh, Mr. Mbondo uh, for the presentation. I think the, the bit of a problem, Chair, is that uh, we're dealing here with a work in progress uh, kind of a report. Uh, it's difficult to go back uh, to the issues uh, that happened before the administrator was appointed. Um, the, the fear from our side is that uh, so far there's not uh, much progress. Uh, we, we're just hoping that uh, perhaps uh, before the expiry of the 12 months in which uh, the administrator was was allocated uh, to turn around the, the institution. Perhaps uh, the best way is to again 
have another meeting so that we can properly uh, monitor uh, all these objectives uh, that uh, the, the administrator is working on. You know, last time we met with uh, Prasa, uh, with the board, uh, they were very, very excited, uh, the interim board, uh, that they were going to turn around the institution. So, um, they even established, uh, together with the ministry, what they called a war room. Uh, that uh, was working regularly to turn around the situation. The fear for our side, from our side, is that uh, we may be excited uh, by the appointment of the administrator, and then we find ourselves in a similar uh, situation where there is no progress, despite the fact that uh, an administrator has been appointed. I know it's an administrator; it's not the board. Uh, but you, as you know, Chair, that uh, even in local government or municipalities, uh, there will be administrators that are appointed. Uh, some succeed, uh, some do not say uh, succeed. So I'm, I'm saying, therefore, we 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 note uh, some of uh, the areas uh, of progress, in particular the appointment of the executive uh, uh, or the exco. Uh, in in the in Prasa as well as in tech and and uh, other uh, areas, uh, we we know that progress. But we're looking forward to monitor other areas of progress, particularly the point that is uh, raised by Honourable Boshoff, uh, the the suspension of the twelve senior managers. We would like to see progress uh, with regard to that because. Uh, it could be that uh, the, the, the challenges that Prasa uh, uh, is facing is facing emanate from those uh, senior managers. So the sooner action is taken against them, the better. But also the lifestyle audits will need a, a, a progress when we, when we meet uh, with the administrator uh, in future, say, which I think it should be soon. Uh, we, we need progress around those areas of uh, the suspension because in, in government they, you can be suspended uh, for years actually uh, you know so we don't want that situation with Prasso uh, where people are suspended for years there are no disciplinary uh, uh, processes uh, to finalize because this report of uh, the public protector I mean, some of us have even forgotten about it. I remember uh, it was said that uh, so, but uh, managers that were involved uh, have not yet been uh, uh, taken to task. So we're looking forward to 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 see uh, progress around those issues, the disciplinary hearings, uh, the 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 issue of a lifestyle audit. But also, I'm interested to know what progress, perhaps when the administration comes back. We, we need a progress with regard to the cases that are being investigated by the Hawks, but also what progress is the, is the NPA uh, doing with regard to ensure that uh, uh, those uh, that uh, are found, I mean, are uh, committed offenses uh, go to court. Uh, so those are the issues, but the other issue that I wanted to check perhaps uh, from the ministry, 
there are challenges that are being raised with regard to the relationship between Prasa and Transnet. Uh, what is the ministry doing uh, with regard to that engaging with their counterparts in the Department of Public Service? I mean, public uh, enterprises, sorry, uh, so that they assist a Prasa to, to, so that those uh, issues are resolved. Yeah, no, th thanks very much. As I'm indicating that uh, this is a, a work in progress a kind of a report, uh, we we're looking forward to engage uh, further uh, with, the, with the Prasa and on the objective that they set themselves. Uh, so that we see the progress in terms of uh, their implementation. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Chair, uh, for Chair Hyle for the for the questions. Uh, <clears throat> just from my from my side, uh, Honourable Minister, I, I I think that all all Honourable Members have spoken, given an opportunity to interact. Is Honorable Aplenis part of the meeting? Looks like not. Let's let's let's, let's then. Uh, yeah, person. Uh, yes. Uh, what ahead. about the uh, questions from Honorable Matabul on the chat? Yes, yes. Can you read them, Sepega? Uh, Thank you, Chairperson. The first question is, says whether the department has a plan to address. The issue of toilets who are not working in autopex long distance passes from Johannesburg, Pretoria to Guiani, Pulukwane, Malamelen, Limpopo. Second question whether the department has considered to build infrastructures that will cater for people with disabilities, especially in buses, in bus stations and train stations. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Kibera. Uh, I'm going to start the maybe just two to three questions from my side. Like as uh, Honorable High indicated, we met with the with the team uh, on the on the 11th of September, 2019, uh, with the with the uh, interim board uh, and the number of areas that we raised. Uh, uh, were put to to the to, to, to the to the team. Uh, the the key the key uh, concern, uh, which we are of the view that uh, uh, also need probably just progress with regard to to understanding on the on the capital uh, program because uh, uh, the the understanding led to the led to the uh, transfer to the department uh, approving transfer of three billion from Praza to Sandral and I believe that uh, uh, it, it has opened up a gap uh, that uh, has to be attended to uh, particularly given uh, the, the crucial role that uh, uh, transport can play but we really transport infrastructure can play in terms of uh, uh, transforming our economic landscape. Uh, 
we are happy with the with the with the with the, with the, with the progress that has been made with regard to to the uh, executive mani- management uh, the the, the, the team that the actors has brought on board, uh, but I think the major issue remains the the issue of safety concern, uh, which clearly uh, could be uh, an important Hello? aspect with regard to how you that to to uh, the smooth mobility of train commuters and. Uh, you have raised in in in, 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 in the presentation that uh, uh, the, the the there is a, one of the concerns that you are that, that was raised is the the number of passengers that are yearly decreasing that you are commuting. So uh, and definitely the issue of safety concern is uh, one of your priority area that has to that has to that has to be attended to. Uh, but, but, but also the the uh, with regard to autopets, uh, what is the progress with regard to the to the shortage of buses that was raised? But uh, uh, really, uh, the concern that we raised was that during festive season uh, and uh, school holidays, uh, there is a fluctuation of uh, of, uh, of prices. And this uh, was identified as a, as one of the inconveniencing uh, aspects to the passengers. Uh, and uh, I think it is important that uh, uh, this aspect be clarified in terms of progress that has been made. But uh, of course, we, we are mindful of the articulation that the that the administrators raised with regard to what are the measures that they are putting in place. To address the operational risk uh, on all the uh, railway lines, but I think the, the the one of the areas that was raised also as a contributing factor to the the, the risk was the was the manual uh, uh, signaling operating, uh, which uh, uh, continues to be a, 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 a hazard. Uh, because uh, it also contributed to to the delay in terms of uh, uh, ensuring that uh, we, we 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 ensure that people get to workplaces. Because I think they must not only just get uh, to workplaces; they must get to workplaces on time. And when uh, there, there are such challenges, it creates a problem uh, to the extent that it has to be. It has to be uh, flagged as, as, as one of the key areas of risk. Uh, you have also alluded to the to the to the revenue decline uh, that has been uh, part and parcel of the modus operandi for the last for the last uh, decade. Uh, I think it is important that uh, we be taking confidence in terms of measures that we are putting in place to ensure that. Uh, uh, this matter is arrested. Thank you, uh, Minister. The floor is yours. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson and members of the committee. Um, I think uh, the administrator will take 
a bulk of the questions uh, in relation to the operations as they stand currently uh, at Prasa. Uh, on the issue of SAMSA and the boats, we'll attend to that. And I will appreciate that the honorable member can make a follow up with me. Uh, maybe sending me the details and that we can attend to that situation. Uh, I don't see any difficulty why we can't uh, apply the rule that uh, we exonerate or we redeem uh, those who are actually involved and extend uh, the challenges that uh, they are faced with because I think nobody planned for this situation. So uh, I will appreciate that the Honourable Member get in touch with me and uh, contact me directly so that we can resolve that particular situation. Besides, I will attend to it with the SAMSA uh, board and uh, in particular the CEO and the Department of Transport uh, to actually deal with the issue. Uh, with regard to uh, the decline of COVID-19 and other issues, I think uh, that uh, will be attended to by the administrator, uh, Mr. Mpondo. Uh, the main issue uh, for me really is about uh, the interim board uh, members were excited about uh, the war room and all of that. We came with the concept of the war room and we discussed with the board with regard to the operational challenges of the delays of trains and all of that. But uh, quite clearly, uh, honorable members, uh, this, the less we talk about that board, the better. Unless if uh, there will be action that will be taken against it, I have taken action and I'm sleeping well with that decision at night and uh, uh, I'm looking forward. Uh, I found Prasa here uh, where it is and uh, we had to take decisions because I couldn't lament and lament without taking action. I did that even when uh, certain issues uh, and the actions we have taken get to be questioned and so on. I've always said, as the minister, that uh, I'm open. Uh, let's engage with whoever and then talk about issues. But people are not ready to do that. But I came here with corruption that was never challenged over a decade. And the fruitless expenditure that account to billions of rents. And then nothing happened. <laughs> you are out. We had turnaround stra strategies here. They cashed us. Uh, interim boards after interim board fight in and out of courts. But uh, everybody had a scent of Prasa. If you can go and uh, get the reports that we get at Prasa through the administrator, where people are claiming billions that they've been owed by Prasa, and when you go and check, it's all irregular. It's all irregular. Prasa doesn't owe them a cent. It's irregular. People were given tenders here yeah, like left and right. It was looting like as if uh, a state is falling apart. And uh, this is a broken place. And uh, when we brought Mpondo in and the decisive intervention we made, I was very clear that uh, this situation uh, cannot go unabated. 
and I put the time frame of 12 months for stability because I could have easily gone for another board, uh, advertise, have an interim board to act. It's not going to help. That board, when I disposed it and I dealt with it and dismissed it, they had failed to even produce minutes of the board. And I went to Scopa. I stayed there with the deputy minister and uh, everybody else who was there, including some executives of Prasa, they couldn't account. I didn't hear that from the street or as a gossip or a grapevine. I saw it at Scopa myself as a minister, 12 o'clock midnight. They could not account for anything. So that is the situation uh, that we have, uh, we have actually uh, uh, we are facing. The, the war room, the war room was an interim measure which was aimed at ensuring that uh, we deal with the situation at Prasa uh, and so on. We have collapsed the war room to the, to the tasks of uh, the turnaround uh, going forward because there is, a, there is no need for many structures. Uh, and how do we justify that and, and all of that? All what we need, we need a board of governance that is going to exercise its fiduciary duties, clean and clear, no manga manga business, and then we've got management. And then Bondo's man mandate is doing exactly that. We're employing fantastic people there who are highly qualified. Come uh, May, that uh, they are employing there. I'm quite impressed by what I see and the kind of people they are employing, independent even from me. I see other people are demanding to be consulted about this and that, um, uh, uh, you know, employment. I, as a minister, am not getting consulted about such. Uh, people are recruited, and uh, they, they go through the process, the rigorous process of interviews, and uh, the result is fantastic. I'm happy with what I'm seeing. And I see qualified people who must do the job. And uh, we must not waste time. Uh, like you say, I'm with you. Uh, I've been emphasizing the point that the wrongdoers, time is over. They must know the jig is up. It's over. I don't want to come back to you again and lament the fact that uh, wrongdoers, uh, we are not doing anything about them and so on. The bigger challenge when I conclude, Chair, is the finances at Prasa. I mean, um, uh, Prasa does not have operational expenditure. And like you say, correctly so, uh, it is depleted. And they had to negotiate for the transfer of part of the CAPEX to alleviate the situation so that this network is back, you know, online and we fulfill whatever that we want to do. Issues of security and all of that. Now. Uh, I said to Mpondo and uh, uh, even informed by the Auditor General's uh, report that we need to cut fruitless expenditure and then we need to focus on exactly what matters most uh, in terms of the company. And uh, that is why I went for a skillful person uh, who basically understand and understand the terrain of raid uh, uh, from our office and then we seconded him uh, to Prasa. So I'm quite confident we'll turn the corner. And uh, with the support of all of you, uh, we will turn the corner. And uh, where you see something wrong, of course, you've got uh, 
a mandate to exercise over us and including Prasa to hold them accountable and the new executives and everybody else for the work that they do at Prasa. Uh, but uh, the stuff has been going on and on there. I'm quite, quite uh, worried about lack of uh, uh, action, uh, which has been held back because of COVID-19 uh, on some of the projects and the interventions that the president have announced. I want uh, the mainline corridor in Cape Town to be back and then uh, the Mabupan to be back. Uh, and I'm quite confident once the ball is rolling, I will be able to recover those corridors and even replenish others throughout the country. But uh, thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much. Thanks, Minister. Stampondo. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you for, for the questions as well as uh, the comments. Um, let me then uh, attempt to respond. Um, Honorable uh, Member Tim mentioned the problem with vandalism, uh, which uh, we, we, we've cited and wanted to understand why the various security companies were not paid. I think um, the, it's, not, it's not just about security companies. I think the figures we've put up there uh, of 4.6 or so billion in terms of creditors, that's, that includes security companies and its amounts that have been owed you know, uh, for the past uh, year or possibly even more. So a lot of those are over 180 days in terms of uh, the age analysis. So we, we've traveled uh, with these payments, not just of security companies, but other creditors. But to link up to another question uh, or a similar question in terms of how much uh, the companies are owed to the tune, I think uh, the last I checked of about 160 uh, odd million, um, which is part of the request that uh, we are making through the DOT to Treasury uh, for the conversion so that we can get operation because that's operational expenditure and we can begin settling you know a lot of the debt that uh, we have inherited that we owe so it, it really really is is about is, is about that then yeah, the honorable member raised the issue around the refurbishment of coaches and mentioned the figure uh, and why um, this has not been done i alluded to it and i'll say again so the, it's largely uh, the general overhaul program that contributes a big you know, amount to this. Um, and last year, the GO program, uh, the tender that had gone out, uh, resulted in a non-award. So that the delays in the award of the GO contract have had a detrimental impact on, on us ourselves as PRASA because then you know we lose train sets that are not able to go into into service. Uh, back into service at least, and also, you know, the industry has had a detrimental impact. So I receive a lot of uh, communication from companies in that space, as well as those that uh, refurbish components that, uh, due to the non-award of these uh, tenders. So I've instructed the team, you know, to expedite these processes, to get them back on track, and I should think, based on uh, the plans that I've received, that uh, uh, tenders should be going out at least a tender for the geo program this month uh, still um, 
as well as also the various uh, components. But yes, uh, I think so. The reason for non-expenditure relates to primarily the non-award, which therefore means we've lost, we've missed a cycle in terms of the refurbishment of our coaches, which does create a, a problem. Then, uh, Honourable Boshoff, um, you mentioned and acknowledged, of course, that the finances have been known that they are not in a good state. Uh, what was the decline uh, pre-COVID? I think one of the slides that I had uh, indicated that does does give a sense of uh, you know the decline that you know the deficit that we've had you know over the years. Um, you know, so you, you've got you know about two point. I think this year we're looking at pr prior to us reviewing. Um, the budget now a deficit uh, of about 2.8 billion so that would have been uh, you know the rough uh, estimate and even in prior years it would you know be close to that uh, you know loss of you know over 2 billion you know so so that decline has been increasing so the, what I was demonstrating there is that it has been constantly you know the gap between you know your income and expenditure at least the expenditure above income you know that has been increasing you know uh, into the billions so uh, what COVID has done uh, for us is to add over and above that um, the 750 odd uh, million that i that i indicated which is our projection you know, to the end of the year with regards to the suspensions i just need to emphasize uh, maybe here that uh, it's not it's not just suspension so uh, with the um, uh, 12 that you mentioned, this happened, I think it would have been around uh, before the lockdown, um, <laughs> between 12 and February, March. Um, nine of those, uh, it was, it's actually not just suspensions, it's charges. So what had happened is that uh, last year, the SIU was seconded, there was a secondment due to, uh, as a result of the proclamation signed by the president, and there were 27 matters that are in that proclamation um, that were looked into. So what we did, at least what I did with the team in coming in, was to work with the SIU, to, and, we could, and we are following up, still working on, on the others. So we've charged nine of these uh, uh, managers based on you know the various investigation reports that culminated in the secondment of the SIU, so they've been charged based on the work that was done previously and we will then be facing disciplinary. So it's not just uh, uh, suspensions. The others, uh, you know, are suspensions on, you know, uh, matters that would have taken place in the various areas, uh, particularly in the technical space, rolling stock, um, where there are quite a lot of uh, uh, issues there that have uh, emanated. Let me also then uh, hasten to add that there was a question about the Hawks, and it might touch on a question by another member, that uh, the Hawks uh, have, you know, early in May, um, sent matters, uh, about 16, 16 matters, uh, to the NPA Specialized Commercial Crime Court uh, in Joburg for allocation. And um, they were then looking at a further two matters that would be uh, sent to the NPA Specialized uh, Commercial Crime Court, uh, you know, still in the month of May. So there's, there's, there's a bit of uh, traction it's in, in terms of those areas. So together with the uh, Hawks and the SIU, we've been working on a tripartite uh, 
arrangement and we meet regularly so that we update each other on these matters. And those that, as I indicated, where there, is, uh, there could be um, you know, uh, uh, possible corruption, those will be forwarded to the NPA, like it is happening you know, with the matters that the Hawks are handling uh, you know, at PRASA. And then, still on the honorable POSOF, the VSPs, um, one of these being made available, I think. So, so here we're looking at uh, it, it's we're at a very early stage. So, the communication and the engagements that we've started with organized labor, we have to say that this is a consideration amongst a whole lot of cost containment measures that we're looking at. And therefore, we need to start the conversation. So we're not going for a straight-out uh, uh, retrenchment process. We're saying, let's consider this, uh, where those that are eligible you know, can then apply. So we've, we've had one engagement, which was to indicate to organize labor that this is the intention and these are the reasons. But we had indicated that we will have follow-up meetings where we can then present the work that is being undertaken, what the various options are. Uh, in, in this in this regard, and really, it's looking at uh, you know if I look at at a high level, uh, considering you know employees between the ages of 40 and 60 in non-critical areas that uh, would be you know encouraged to apply, and the preliminary costing thereof you know is that is that one billion that we've spoken about, but it's a process that uh, we still need to engage uh, and provide detail and various scenarios uh, to organise labour. But the point is that um, when you look at what the organization has gone through, the certain things that we really need to uh, consider and start working on. You know, otherwise, you know, we'll end up, uh, you know, relegating the organization, um, you know, to, to a very undesirable position. Uh, security companies, and that did indicate how much, you know, they are owed, and amongst a whole lot of other. Um, you know, service providers, I must say, um, and the age analysis doesn't look good. Um, and so those over 180 from the bulk of that uh, 4.6 billion, uh, which means that they've been owned for quite a while. And we, it's very difficult to manage this because, you know, operating expenditure is constrained, and covers, you know, salaries uh, on a monthly basis barely, and it therefore becomes difficult to extend that as you would in any other business to to to, to settle your other uh, debts so it's, it's, it's a challenge um, and we don't think we would not uh, inquire about it um, and even when i think in early jan after i arrived we did write to all providers to say our situation is as dire as it is please bear with us we're working on it um, but it's not an excuse. I mean, if someone provides a service, they expect to be paid, but the constraint is real. But uh, we're hoping that with the engagements that we're having, we can be able to ease that off a bit and then begin, you know, uh, catching up on the, on the payments. The technical advisors, cost of company, I think that information can be provided. But I think note, what must be noteworthy here is that it's a combination of secondments. Um, as well as appointments and the secondment. So Treasury, that's a secondment. So Mr. William Atibula is an employee of the National Treasury, who's part of my team advisory team, as well as Mr. Spencer Smelan, who's an employee of the Department of Transport. Um, and 
the CSR is, is on the basis of a cost recovery, you know, and then it's other colleagues that uh, we've uh, then you know, taken from industry. But that information can be provided. Uh, um, but I think it's also important, uh, Chair and members, just to note um, that you know, coming into the environment, being processed, uh, and all colleagues I'm sure would know, with a depleted um, uh, management capability, uh, being tasked to, you know, to work on a turnaround. The most important thing in a turnaround, in my experience, is making sure that you have the right people, you know, to do the job. Uh, in the absence of that, um, the systems will work, you know, processes. So it was important that uh, we were able to strengthen that office. And I dare say that I think some progress has been made. But, but that information can be provided, Chair. Honorable um, Sai, I think you made a lot of um, your comments, which uh, I will be, I don't need to respond to. We will be keen to come back and, and report uh, you know, you know, at any other time. We're always available and we'll do so. I think the ministers touched on the issue of the world. Just to indicate that uh, those out of the five areas that I mentioned, uh, in particular the service recovery, uh, safety and security, as well as the capital program and modernization acceleration. Those were work streams that existed under the world. And those have been um, you know, uh, taken through into the key objectives. And you can see that there's continuity, therefore, in terms of the work that was being done, and that was quite deliberate. I think I've, <coughs> excuse me, I've spoken about the suspensions and uh, and you know, what will be happening, you know, what is happening on that, on that front, and there will be more in terms of charges that need to be uh, uh, preferred. People must continue to work on those, and we'll update as soon as that happens. Uh, lifetime audits and vetting, uh, we, we hope, you know, with the work that we're doing with the state security agency, we can uh, show some results, and that's very, very key as well for the organization. Um, I think the cases being investigated by the Hawks have alluded to that. Uh, cases that have been forwarded to the MPA. Relationship in person, even though I know you had uh, uh, pointed it at the minister, but I did indicate from our side uh, we're getting good cooperation from uh, our trusted colleagues uh, through the process that you know, I'm leading with the uh, CEO um, at Transnet, and there's about four work streams that we have set up. And the colleagues are working on those, and I think uh, it, you know the reports that I do get uh, that we're making, you know, making some progress. And then uh, um, the issues around autopikes in the toilets. Autopikes has suffered quite a great deal as well during this period. Um, the bus buses, not just in terms of the you know interior toilets and services, but also mechanically. These have not been uh, looked after. Uh, we've, a, a point, we've, we've approved a short-term turnaround plan as EXCO uh, for Autopex, and uh, they've indicated the capital requirement. Uh, I think it's just well over 200 million, if I recall. Um, and that will assist in terms of uh, ensuring that the Autopex passes, you know, in the short term are put, you know, are fit for purpose, are brought back to service. Uh, and that they are, you know, in good working order. So that that process uh, is, is underway, and that would need to start 
by in earnest uh, honorable member it's it, it really is an i think it was an unfortunate situation but and we hope that uh, doesn't doesn't happen going forward um, universal access in terms of, of um, you know access for people with disability stations uh, here i have to say that it's, it's something that we're working on but because the capital program has not uh, been moving at pace uh, some of these interventions have been delayed but it's a very key area uh, from a transportation point of view uh, that of creating universal access that i think we, we would uh, be very keen to also provide to our colleagues from CRES a detailed update even if it is uh, in the form of a, a write-up you know, uh, later to give an indication of what our plans are as far as that is concerned and then chair um, i think a lot of the issues um, you know i would have touched on um, safety you know just safe to say that uh, we our integrated uh, strategy is looking at uh, of course bringing the saps on board uh, beefing up our security ensuring that uh, we have marshals you know, that because we need to be key for the covid period you know in terms of the distancing and so forth that we need to adhere to but uh, there's uh, adequate crowd control so um, we, we're looking at um, beefing up uh, that the plans are firmly you know, in place but we should see uh, a change soon in some instances i must say uh, whilst uh, we do you know put our uh, passport fraud, but these, there are also incidents of very organized uh, syndicates that uh, target our network. Uh, if you look at the passport uh, to online, as soon as there was an indication that we could be resuming services, then there was an upside in terms of vandals in that area. But it's, it's an area that uh, we, we are investing the support and working with you know, the, the SAPS as well in terms of targeting you know, organized uh, crime and commercial crime, so to speak. The, the, I think the issue of shortage of buses during the high peak period, um, I've touched on. Uh, it was just symptomatic of the decline that happened in December, I would imagine. Symptomatic of the decline <coughs> of the autobike service, and that's what I'm alluding to earlier, that, um, that short-term turnaround plan that we've approved with the team has worked on, um, you know, should should inject some uh, you know better efficiencies into that. And then lastly, chair, the manual authorization. It's it's a project project or program that uh, we've been working on. Um, uh, there are delays in certain areas. Um, and for instance, the central line in, in the Western Cape, in particular, uh, the Southern region, and these are largely due to. Uh, contractual uh, issues with the service providers and you know others have been taken pressure to court um, and also just delays in terms of project implementation so it's an area that's uh, uh, attracted our attention and and to the other side is also looking at it quite closely so we, we would like to we are working trying to resolve that and speeding that up i think chair the revenue decline would have been a comment that we touched on and that then hopefully cover all the areas. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Mr. Mpondo. Uh, are there any 
follow-up questions from honorable members? Chair, it's Sonia Bossoff here. I put something in the chat. If you could just have a look at that, please. Right. And you also forget forgot the, the question from Honorable Matebula, the one that was read by by the committee secretary, Mr. Mbondo. No, he did uh, respond to it, uh, Chair. The okay. one about the bus. Yeah, oh, but, yes, yes, but right. what, I, what I wanted to check from my side, Chair, I, I know that uh, as, uh, the minister was saying that uh, the, the challenge at uh, Prasa has been there for years. <laughs> my, my concern is that it's not going to be just uh, easy uh, for those who are involved <clears throat> uh, to just allow the situation to go on smoothly. Uh, including those that are remaining, uh, they'll make sure that uh, uh, the administrator doesn't succeed. What I wanted to check whether is there any cooperation among those that are currently at Prasa, or are you experiencing any problems in terms of uh, cooperation? Because uh, you will definitely rely on the cooperation uh, for you to succeed. Otherwise, you could be sabotaged, uh, get frustrated, and then the objective that you set for yourself are then not achieved. And then the whole uh, 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 turnaround also becomes a failure. So I just wanted to check Chair, from the administrator if uh, uh, he's experiencing any resistance. Uh, right. Yeah. Thanks. So it will be Honorable Boshoff's uh, question and then also uh, Honorable Khai. Uh, Jay, uh, Tim. Yes, Tim. Uh, Jay, may I ask now? Yes, yes. Uh, Jay, I just wanted to thank the Minister for his willingness to assist me uh, in the query I had earlier. Um, could around, I... Around, the, around the, the, the interaction with the, with the DG. No, no, uh, the, that is being talked about relating to the interaction around SAMHSA. Uh, the minister said I could contact him directly, but unfortunately I don't have his number. Can I get it via one of the secretaries or yourself or something, please? Yes, yes, the minister said that uh, his doors are open. Honorable Minister? Uh, I'll contact uh, the honorable member. Great. Okay, yes. you have my number. Okay. <laughs> I'll find you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, uh, uh, Mr. Bondo, the question for from from Honorable Boshoff. Um, Chair, I'm trying to so that's on the chat. I see. Um, one of us have already to manage and control risk directives, which is currently being undertaken by RSR. Uh, Chair, we're working with the RSR um, on these directives. I think. They've, um, the one that, um, in terms of our you know, operating license to start with, which uh, we needed to, to look into, that um, was taking us to Jan, early, well, January this year, we needed to have responded. Uh, then our license, I think, in our response to that, 
uh, was accepted and that our license was then extended. Um, so as we speak, I think our nominated manager and the team are in constant engagement with the RSR around this. Um, and which are at this stage, um, the, the issues that they've raised and some of the challenges we've been able to, by and large, to deal with them. Um, and those that are still outstanding, you know, are still, you know, um, within, you know, uh, you know, our control to manage, uh, you know, before the, before the timelines that they've set for us. So I think we, we haven't raised um, issues that we don't think that we'll be able to handle, but I think some of the issues around those that are structural in nature would relate to you know, the, the authorization or manual authorization that I've spoken to. Uh, but, you know, that is an issue that I think we also, you know, are dealing with. The issue around resistance, uh, Honorable Kai, um, safe to say that uh, without uh, getting to do too well, your such, your such has been, uh, as you know, this is experienced, um, it is dealt with within, within the normal uh, labor law provisions, uh, and that uh, one is, is, is working, you know, uh, on that where there is where there are areas of resistance and incompetence, uh, we've instituted disciplinary uh, as a result of that. So uh, it's it's a it's a very important question, and I think it's you know in any turnaround you would experience such, and um, we rely on the provisions and that. Um, working on and sticking to them to the extent to the extent possible um, and where there are issues that uh, would be <clears throat> would require um, us to institute um, well not just disciplinary but looking at even the employment uh, contracts uh, chair that we we are, in, we are working on and instituting and uh, we will also be able to make announcements on some of these uh, in due course. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Mr. Mponda. Uh, other members, I think we, we uh, have uh, exhausted our, our platform, uh, given the, the uh, opportunity that we gave to the members uh, to, to have a second bite. And uh, indeed, you embrace that uh, invite. Uh, I think the the, 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 the the starting point uh, is to say to the to the minister that uh, we have had you as a, as a select committee in terms of uh, uh, where are you intending to take this uh, entity, brother two. We have uh, had the, the main objectives of Praza uh, as outlined uh, <clears throat> and set out in the political overview of the minister and but trust by the administrator. Uh, and uh, uh, you highlighted them as the <clears throat> uh, as, 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 as key to your programs to ensure that uh, at the request of the department, rail services are provided within, to and from the public, in the public interest, and that uh, in consultation with the department, 
uh, we must provide a long a long haul passenger rail and bus service within 2M from South Africa. And uh, the the second objective and uh, the secondary business of Praza, uh, uh, as we have heard correctly, is to generate income from the exploitation of the asset uh, acquired by Praza. And uh, a number of areas were raised. That will be our focus. Particularly uh, around the subsidiaries of Praza, uh, you have highlighted them as the as Metro Rail, as Mainland Passenger Service, Autopets, Intersat, and Praza Crest. And of course, I think the, what the Minister has also indicated was to outline and put us and take us into confidence in terms of the situation within which Praza is uh, operating, uh, particularly paying visit to, to, to the issues that Praza has confronted in, in the last in the last uh, decade, which uh, 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 prompted the minister uh, to respond uh, in December 2019. And we have correctly understood, uh, you, Honorable uh, Minister, uh, that uh, it was important that uh, because of uh, the challenges around irregular foodless and wasteful expenditure, such intervention was necessary. And uh, you have outlined the task uh, to, the, to, the, to the minister. What is the expectation that the department expects from him? And uh, uh, therefore, I think, as Honorable Khai has indicated, the, the, our interaction with the, with, with the department and Praza uh, will be an expectation in terms of progress made around those key priorities that the, that the minister uh, has set uh, for the administrator as his key areas of focus. Uh, uh, I won't go through those uh, areas, but I think what is key is that the minister, the minister's key concern is that all matters raised in the AGS report must be addressed and that uh, there is a need uh, to ensure that we accelerate interventions in that improving operational performance there is a need to ensure that we expedite the implementation of the modernization program with priority focus on fancy signaling, highway and station upgrades. Then there is a need to ensure that uh, security interventions across all corrid- corridors is addressed. And then there is a need to ensure that uh, uh, capacity at executive level is indeed built. And that there is a need also to ensure that uh, uh, areas of uh, of concern that the team had with sister entities like Trustnet and ESCOM is indeed addressed. But I think what 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 is critical also is that uh, uh, the administrator has drawn a three based approach, and therefore the expectation is that uh, with that three based approach. Uh, the, uh, the minister and the team will be able to report to us when engaged with them in terms of how far we are in terms of ensuring that uh, a new operational model and organizational structure rather is finalized. We have started on a good 14 in terms of ensuring that there is stability at, 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 at the technical team that has been assembled 
through secondment and also uh, and also through appointment. But I think what is key uh, also what uh, impresses us as, as the committee is that uh, vetting is vetting is taking place, and that uh, there is commitment to also conduct. I mean, con uh, conducting of lifestyle audit has occurred with regard to the uh, to those that were recruited. I think those are the key points. But more than that, I think uh, consequence management is an area that that we expect. So therefore, it is important that uh, uh, as you engage with us, uh, administrator, because we can clearly see what are the achievements that uh, has been uh, made in the last in the last three months. Of course, as you were as as you were hitting the ground running, then came in COVID. Uh, but I think what is critical is that. Uh, our interaction uh, at the level of the uh, executive phase, uh, which is scheduled until 2020, you said you'll pay attention to implementing cashless ticketing and automatic fair collection, renegotiating ESCOM tariffs, implementing an employee recognition program, rehabilitating key corridors such as the Central Line in the Western Cape and Mabupani, and integrating Brazos Rail and Bus Service. This is our ticket through which the Select Committee, Honorable Minister, will be interfacing with, with regard to the work that has been presented today. So we are happy as the, as the committee that uh, uh, you were able to take us into confidence in terms, in terms of articulating to us what are the areas of focus through which in terms of when we interact as the Select Committee and the Department and Plaza will be doing. So therefore, with those few words, uh, Honourable uh, Minister and Honourable Members, let me take this opportunity uh, to express our gratitude to the to the team led by the Minister, the Deputy Minister, Mr. Mbondo and your team, Honourable Members, uh, our Committee Secretary and the researchers, and other stakeholders, the media. Thank you. The meeting is now adjourned. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Minister. Thank you, Minister. Thank you, Minister. Thank you, Minister. Yeah. Nice. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Minister. Thank you.